the third episode of Doors of Heritage podcast. My name is Sarah, and as we continue along Dalhousie Street in Amherstburg, this episode will discuss 273 Dalhousie Street. It is a two-story brick commercial building built in 1841 by Peter Taylor, currently the location for Lord Amherst Restaurant. As we walk through the Doors of Heritage for tonight's episode, we will learn the history of the building and Peter Taylor. Hello, my name is Cindy, and for this podcast, local historians Robert Honor and Stephanie Pouget-Papik will provide an overview of this building. Robert is a native of Amherstburg and retired from Parks Canada at Fort Malden National Historic Site of Canada. His interests are fine arts, architecture, and heritage. Robert is an artist, member of Amherstburg Heritage Committee, Bellevue Conservancy, and Architectural Conservancy of Ontario. Stephanie is a historian who studied history and education at the University of Windsor. Her current research examines culinary history, local history, and history of sexuality. She works in museum curation and is a member of two historical committees. The building we see today, I understand, was built in 1841 by Peter Taylor as a commercial building. Was this the first owner of the property and the first building? The property has a long history with several prominent owners before Peter Taylor. Thomas Reynolds was assigned the lot on July 20, 1797 by Captain Hector McLean, who was the commander at Fort Malden. Reynolds had been the deputy commissariat officer for the British garrison at Amherstburg and lived in a building where the Salmoni condominiums are today. His son Robert built Bellevue, and his daughters Margaret and Catherine were artists. He died in 1811, and in 1819 the property was conveyed to William Bursey, John Baptiste Macon, and Charles Bursey, merchants and partners in trade. There did not seem to be buildings on the site until 1821, when a log building less than two stories and hewed on two sides is recorded. So being hewed on two sides would be the logs would be smoothed on the two sides. William and Charles Bersey were the sons of William Bersey Sr., who was in York by 1794. He was an adventurer and land developer from Germany. By 1818, the Bersey family was in Amherstburg. William Bersey Sr. had been a student at the Academy of Fine Arts in Vienna, Austria in 1762. William Bersey Jr. had substantial land holdings in the township of Sandwich, where he grew tobacco. According to William, their firm's shipment of tobacco in 1821 was the first ever exported from Upper Canada. William Bersey served as a member of the Legislative Assembly, representing Kent County in 1828 and 1830. As well, he was a shipowner and a contractor to the government for supplies for the troops. Besides his mercantile and farming interests, William Bersey Jr. was an artist, a talent he had inherited from his father. Several paintings of William Bersey the Younger hang in the National Gallery of Canada. One is Huron Indians leaving residence near Amherstburg, another Indian encampment near Amherstburg, which shows the town of Amherstburg in the background, and Indian dance at Amherstburg, which is set at Elliott's Point. On June 18, 1830, 
the Bercy brothers sold the property to Francois Antoine Larocque of Montreal, who was an absentee owner. He held the property for five years, possibly renting it out. In 1835, Larocque sold the property to Peter Taylor of Amherstburg for 300 pounds. In 1833, Peter was assessed for a merchant shop and a building under two stories and hewed on two sides. This is probably the building that was formerly owned by the Bercy brothers, which Peter Taylor could have been renting from Francois Larocque. In 1841, Taylor built the two-story brick building we see today. The Western Herald contained an advertisement on June 17, 1841, directing attention of his friends and the public to the large, commodious new brick store opposite the Market Wharf to which he has moved. And the Market Wharf was on the river at the foot of Murray Street. Please tell us about the building Peter Taylor built. What are its heritage attributes? The building is a two-story brick building with stucco finish. There is a corner entrance and floor-to-ceiling plate glass windows all around. There is a low-pitched hip roof with narrow eave overhang. One-story additions have been made to the east and south sides. The original building was pre-Victorian rectangle shape with low-pitched hip roof with proportions in the British colonial genre. Brick under stucco construction, stone lintels similar to other buildings such as the Salamone building, and a timber roof structure. Heritage value lies in its important commercial contribution to the development of Amherstburg and its location across from Market Wharf, the busiest business section in town. Can you tell us what happened after Peter Taylor? By 1848, the building is being used by Peter Taylor's brother-in-law and his nephew, Alexander and Peter Menzies. Peter Taylor died in 1853 or 54, and following his death, the store continued to be operated by his brother-in-law, Alexander Menzies Sr., and his nephew, Peter Menzies, as dealers in dry goods, grocer, and fancy goods. By 1858, both Peter and Alexander Menzies had died, leaving Alexander's wife, Jane Menzies, knee Taylor. By 1861, the building is occupied by Jane's grandson, James Headley, and also by Walter Anderson as the clerk. The building is identified as a dry goods store and perhaps a telegraph office. If so, it would have been conveniently located near the riverfront wharves where businessmen and travelers could easily access it. In the 1860s, Mrs. Menzies had a variety of tenants. There was the merchant firm of Headley and McGuire, also lawyers Alexander Cameron, Charles R. Harney, and James Templeton. Several tenants over the years included James Campo, a grocer from 1869 to 1875, and in 1873, Dr. Warren, a dentist, rented some space. And Mr. Colfidge had a business selling hardware, boots, and shoes. Jane Menzies died in 1873, and her heirs continued to rent the space to Mr. Colfidge. In 1875, the Great Fire destroyed most of the buildings facing Murray Street between Ramsey and Dalhousie. This building on the corner was damaged to the extent of $500. 
Mr. Colfidge's stock in hardware, boots, and shoes was valued at $10,000 and had been damaged during their removal during the fire. But the building was repaired and fitted out to continue business within a week's time. In 1879, the building was purchased by William Johnston, a druggist. He was also the owner of Bellevue. We would now like to welcome our guest, Deborah Honor. Deborah Honor is a retired elementary school teacher. She is a professional genealogist and family historian who has proven 10 loyalist ancestors for herself. She is a member of Ontario's Genealogy Society, the bicentennial branch of the United Empire Loyalist, and the Bellevue Conservancy. Deborah enjoys sharing her knowledge of history and genealogy as a speaker and a writer. William Johnston was born in 1836 when his parents were emigrating from Ireland to Canada. While in Toronto, his parents died and William and his sister Susan were brought up by Reverend Gore Elliott of Colchester. At the age of 20, William Johnston was hired by druggist John A. Kane of Amherstburg as an apprentice. He remained in Amherstburg for one and a half years then went to Detroit and clerked for Henry Huff, who had a drugstore on Jefferson Avenue. Then he clerked for Hixby and Stearns. He opened his own store on Jefferson and Griswold Streets in Detroit. Over the years, he owned about four branch drugstores in various parts of the city. In 1871, he purchased Bellevue from Dr. Robert Todd Reynolds and began a huge transformation of the old home with the addition of the two bay window rooms and a wide front veranda. He also owned a home on Brookfield, Michigan. He would often travel across the river by the ferry at Gordon, north of Amherstburg, or in his own little boat. In 1877, he purchased the drug business of W.A. White of Amherstburg. And two years later in 1879, he bought the Menzies property on the corner of Murray and Dalhousie, which he remodeled for a drug and grocery store. The store was named the People's Drug Store. The advertisement of the drug store mentions such products made by Johnston as liniments and oils for horses, cattle, and hogs. He sold Johnston's extract sarsaparilla, yellow dock, and dandelion and wild cherry. He had been making it since 1862. It was to cure headaches, pain in the side or back, liver complaint, pimples on the face, dyspepsia, piles, and all diseases that arise from a disordered liver or an impure blood. It contained no mercury, but was entirely vegetable. He was in competition with James Verner, another druggist, by making his own version of ginger ale. Some locals preferred Johnston's ginger ale over Verner's. In 1878, William Johnston formed a company and engaged in the manufacture of patent medicines at 121 Jefferson Avenue. The company was named William Johnston and Company. He advertised that he shipped his medicines as far as New York, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, and all parts of Michigan. The new factory was being erected in Detroit by 1882. Tragedy hit the family in 1883, when his wife died suddenly. The next year, William Johnston put Bellevue up for sale. In December of the same year, 
he decided to sell the grocery store portion of his Amherstburg business. In 1886, William Johnston remarried and the family lived on Grosseal. He finally sold Bellevue to Perry Lighton in 1887. Again, tragedy hit the Johnston family in 1888. In March, while crossing the Detroit River in a small boat to Amherstburg, the boat was hit by a huge piece of moving ice and it capsized. There were only two men on, in the boat, but it took the rescuers too long to save both men. William Johnston sank into the Detroit River and drowned. The drugstore in Amherstburg was sold a few years later by William Johnston's estate. So did William Johnston do much to the building? Johnston fitted up the store with new shelves and fittings and by 1885, he added a 12 by 15 foot addition to the east side of the building. From 1885 to 1891, Josiah Turner, American Council, became the tenant of this space. After Johnston's death on the river, the building continued to be rented out by his heirs, and in 1890 was acquired by Sarah Jane Peary, the daughter of John Pembroke Jones, who had owned a shipyard in Amherstburg. In 1890, David Trotter rented the Johnston store and operated a grocery store there. And then Love Grove and Scratch also op operated a grocery store until 1913. In 1890, Mrs. Peary made a 23 by 40 foot one story addition to the south side of the building facing Dalhousie. Sarah Peary died in 1908. And in 1917, her heirs sold the building to George Hayward Jones, a merchant. In more recent history, some may remember this as the location of Jones China Shop, which operated through the 1960s, then Decor Shop, and now Lord Amherst. Thank you listeners for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed learning the history of this building. And thank you to all of our guests for providing interesting information on the building. I hope you've enjoyed walking through the doors of heritage with us. Until next time.